Uh, I'm going to invite Andrew Kibi up now. Uh, we'll say a, a brief prayer. I just want to honor our brother Andrew. Uh, known, known him for a long time uh, and have known him to be a man of uh, great faith in the Lord, trust in the Lord, uh, a, a man of great zeal, uh, an evangelist. You are, you are both evangelist uh, and a wonderful exhorter of the brethren. So that's a, that's a great combination uh, to be both uh, outreach and outward focused, but also be able to exhort the brethren. Uh, I'm sure that's such a blessing to your community. So just wanted to honor you for uh, the life that you live, uh, the life that you live with your, your wife, Carmen, and your family. Uh, so thanks for being here. Let's just pray, pray for uh, the Lord's blessings. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Blessed be your name, Jesus. <clears throat> Lord God, we thank you for Andrew, for his, uh, the gifts that you have given to him uh, and the ways that you really use him uh, to speak your word. Uh, and we pray that you would do that tonight, that your Holy Spirit would uh, both be effective in him and stir our hearts to receive what he has for us. Uh, Lord, continue this uh, work in us about uh, what it is uh, we find and worship, uh, and Lord, we are grateful for uh, just the opportunity to hear uh, more from you. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Thank you. All right. I'm so blessed to be here and just praying last night and being able to meet with some of the leaders of the community this morning and hear and, and see what God's doing is, is so encouraging. And it, it's, it's home. Uh, you know, Carmen and I, and the, we got four kiddos, the other Schleeders, and I mean, we're experiencing the, the same charism that we, we are so grateful for in Columbus and that we shared in in St. Paul, Minnesota with Christ the Redeemer. And, and it's here. And God's working. And he's moving. He's moving in you. It's, it's powerful to be here. And, and I'm going to speak on worshiping as a people, and I, I'm expecting God to move tonight. And so I, I'm kind of like, just Lord, would you speak right now, and would you move in our hearts to prepare us for what you want to do? Because I think he wants to do some powerful things, and I, wanna, I just want us to have expectant faith. What, what was that gospel that we read? Increase our faith. Lord, would you increase our faith? Would you increase our faith right now? You move in our hearts right now. Like I said, I, I went to Ohio State and was part of starting SPO there, and then we built a community from there. And I just wanted to like st uh, just look at the very beginning for a moment. It was a Wednesday night. It was at the Newman Center, and I was my first exhortation. I was like, "All right, we're gonna get started." Like that was it. That's what I said because it was me and it was Teresa and Carlos. That was our prayer meeting. And so then I was like, I went over here and I put the guitar on and I started, you know, playing the songs and, you know, moving our transparencies. We had a transparency for our, our lyrics. So this is like really high tech, that, but like we had, a, we had transparency. So Teresa was moving the transparencies and Carlos was just on worship. I mean, he was just like, Carlos, like, like guitar, transparent worship. And, and, and we, we worshiped every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., 
We worshiped. Lydia, you love it. You're going to be good. I like this. Yeah. We worshiped every week for a year. Just the three of us. Just praying for God to bring renewal. And those weren't like easy prayer times, you know? Like that wasn't like heavy emotion, heavy experience, powerful, you know, movement of the Holy Spirit. That was like we were grinding it out. And that's okay because the evaluation of our worship is not going to be an experience or an emotion or, you know, that kind of uncommon thing. It's awesome when it happens, and I'm going to talk about some of that tonight. But the fruit of worship is when we're moved and when we're changed in our lives. And when we're drawn to be a people. And that's what happened. And now we look back and that was the, the fertile ground. That worship each week was the fertile ground for what happened, I mean, it's crazy. In SPO, we, we, you know, I love numbers. We, we've sent 221 people who've graduated from Ohio State's formation program to be a missionary or to go into seminary religious life. That, in 18 years, that's every month. Every month, somebody's going, somebody's going, somebody's going. For 18 years, that's, what, that's the fruit of that worship. Is that cool? Like, Lord, would you, would you do some of that here We've got more than three people. We've got better technology. Our lights aren't as good as they were at the Newman Center. But, but we got Carlos and Teresa, and we're all here, and we're ready to go. And brothers and sisters, that's the first thing that I want to say is worship is our purpose. Okay? Ephesians 1 says that we exist for the praise of his glory. And that's why Carlos and Teresa and I were gathering. We weren't gathering. We had no idea what God was going to do with our lives. We had no idea that he was going to found a community and that was going to be a part of intergenerational change in our city. We had no idea. We weren't doing it for that. We were doing it because we exist for the praise of his glory. That's why we were grinding it out. Because he is worthy of our praise. And that's why we're here. We come together as a people because we exist for the praise of his glory. And we see that throughout history. Brody pointed us to that with the prophetic word yesterday, that the the Lord wanted to release the Israelites. Why? To worship. And then he wanted to build a kingdom to worship. And then what happens when Jesus comes? He brings a people around them. He teaches them how to live and walk like he did. And then he sends his Holy Spirit. Where? When they were gathered together worshiping. And what was the response to the Holy Spirit? Worship. And then they're going to build churches around the, the Asia Minor to worship. And here we are. We, we look at the Acts of the Apostles and we hear that they, they gathered as one and they offered their lives. And then we look at Revelation. What are they doing? They're worshiping. Who? The people of God. The people of God. The myriads and myriads of the saints and angels worshiping God, singing, holy, holy are you who have created all. Worthy are you who have rescued us. They exist for the praise of his glory. And that's what we're called into is that heavenly song. And we start learning as we praise here as a people, we start learning the language of heaven. You know, are you with me? You start learning the language of heaven. I was talking to my kids, like, what if, like, there was only universities over in France, you know, and, like, we were teaching you French, and no one else spoke French here in Ohio or in Kansas City, but we were teaching you French in our homes, and then it just all made sense when you graduated high school and you got a full ride to go to the university in France because you know how to speak French. Brothers and sisters, we need to learn the language of heaven so that we're ready for where we are destined to go, to sing with the choirs and angels, to sing the language of heaven. And we're learning that right now. Okay? 
So worship is our purpose. Number two, worship is our sign. Worship is our sign. So we all have like a friend who's a religious, a Dominican maybe, or a Franciscan. um, And they take the vow of poverty, chastity, obedience. These are called the evangelical councils. They are not the only ones who are called to the evangelical councils. They commit to it. They make a vow to it. But we are called to those. They just point us there with their lives. Their lives are a sign that point us to poverty, chastity, and obedience. I am called to poverty, chastity, and obedience, and I'm reminded of that in my daily life. Being married and having a family is a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience. What else do they commit to? Community. They live as one. And they are a sign to the church, pointing the church to who she's supposed to be and the kind of commitment and relationships they're supposed to be. What are we? We are also a sign in a similar way that points the church, the Holy Spirit, we're a part of what God's doing to point the church and point the world to what committed relationships are supposed to look like. We are a sign, brothers and sisters. Uh, it's, it's crazy in today's culture. I... I'm coaching lacrosse, third and fourth grade lacrosse. I'm pretty serious about it. Um, we really turned the program around. We were 3-9-1 and one our first season. This, last season, we were 13-3. and three. We were destroying people. And I was like, and I like, I, I, I love teaching the boys character, teamwork, and how to be better lacrosse players. And the wins and losses, they'll work themselves out. And they worked out this year, right? Um, my coach, my He's like the founder of the program. He got it started two years ago, and, and I showed up to the meeting, and I was the only one who'd played lacrosse, and I the only one who'd cl- coached, so I kind of took over the program. And he pulled me aside this summer, and he, he's like, hey, can we meet? And it was, it was like strange. You know, he's, uh, he's retired, and we, like, we wouldn't naturally like sit down for coffee together like about lacrosse. Like that wasn't the vibe. And he's like, we sit down, and he's like, hey, this wasn't my vision. What happened? He's like, you took it over and like kind of stole all of the like time with these guys and I wanted to run with them and I wanted to teach them lacrosse and I wanted to be part of their lives and, and you, you, took, you took it from me. And I was like, oh man, this is killing me. Like, I didn't mean that. Like, I was just getting excited and it seemed like you were like not as excited. Um, he, I said, I said, Bob, thank you for doing this. Like, this could have been like a moment of canceling a relationship, right? Like, and I was like, just thank you. I was like, in our ministry, we have teachings about this to like teach people how to reconcile a relationship like this. And he was like, really? He's like, why wouldn't anybody reconcile a relationship? He was like blown away that I was thanking him for reconciling a relationship. And I was like, huh, I don't know. It just seems like self-evident. I guess because it's uncomfortable, I don't know, because we drift towards preferential relationships, um, relationships of utility, and, and when things get hard, we just move away from them. I was like, I guess we don't think relationships are worth it. I, I don't know if our world thinks relationships are intrinsically that valuable, because we just move away when things get hard. And brothers and sisters, that's not what we're doing, is it? Like, we, we're grinding it out. In worship and in our relationships, we are a sign to Bob and the rest of the world of what relationships should look like, brothers and sisters. And when, we, when, when we're in our relationships, doesn't it shape us? When we're in close relationships, when we're close enough to one another that we can experience each other's weaknesses and sin and we, we, that like hurts us, we experience and we, we love anyway. 
That's perfect love. That's the kind of love that we're called to. That's shaping us. And brothers and sisters, that's what's supposed to happen as we worship as well. It's just as we're committed to one another in our daily lives, we're committed to one another in worship. And we come together, we gather ready for God to work and to shape us together. So we are a, a sign. Brothers and sisters, and we should inspire each other. We were at this prayer meeting and we, guys were like convicted to go up and like put their wallets in front of the cross. We were making this offering. It's like, if they're putting their wallets, I'm going to put my phone up there. And, and then, do you guys know Sam Schoenfelder? He lived here for a couple years. He went up and put his shoes up on the, by the altar. And we were like, okay, Sam put his shoes up there. And, you know, more is happening. We were just really inspired. And after the prayer meeting, we were talking about like this offering that we made. And Sam went to get his shoes. And this other guy, Clayton, was like, Dude, those are my shoes. You were wearing my shoes to the prayer meeting. So, so Sam offered someone else's shoes. But you, you, get, you get the point, don't you, that we inspire each other. As we offer our lives in worship, we inspire one another. So worship is a sign. Number three, are you still with me? Worship is our weapon. Worship is our weapon. Well, sisters, our world does not want us to be a sign. Our world does not want us to live our purpose and our destiny to exist for the praise of our glory. The world, the flesh, and the devil are at war against us being a people who worship. Are they not? And, and it's just pulling us away. Well, I don't know what's pulling you away right now, but there are things pulling us away. There are walls up around our hearts and around our relationships and between us and God. Uh, there's like Jericho walls that are around us, brothers and sisters. And, and I'm just so convicted that whatever is happening in your life right now that's keeping you from being fully alive in the Lord, whatever that stress or anxiety or division or relationship or, or despair or dis, got distance from the Lord, he wants to break those walls down tonight. Like as we worship, what happens to Jericho? Those walls come crumbling down. He does it. And brothers and sisters, I'm just praying that this, our worship tonight would be a weapon that would just destroy walls. Destroy walls of the world. Destroy walls of the devil. Destroy walls of our flesh that we might be fully alive. We were, we were at a conference in Columbus and we had Mike Shaughnessy. He's a servant of the word. He came in and, and was going to preach on deliverance. And we get up there on Friday night and you know, it's Friday night, it's pretty low-key, right? We're just getting warmed up. We weren't getting warmed up last night, but in Columbus, we got warmed up on Friday night. Um, Mike Shaughnessy wasn't into the warm-up thing. He was like, he came up to us that night, and he's like, listen, uh, you three coordinators, um, you need to go and repent in front of the whole community for your sins against the community. And we're like, whoa, man, okay, really? And so we're worshiping. And the three of us get up there and just repented of our weaknesses and of our selfishness and of our judgment and of our neglect. And do you know how the Holy Spirit started cutting through the room? Like, it was so tangible because worship is a weapon. And as, as we pray, as we repent, as we intercede, as we are vulnerable, the Lord is going to knock down walls right here. I believe he's going to move walls right here this night, brothers and sisters. We don't know when they're coming down, but we just, we just stay here. Carlos, he's just ready. Walls are coming down. Walls are coming down, Carlos. Increase our faith. 
Increase our faith, Lord Jesus, please. Number four. So we've got worship is our purpose. Worship is our sign. Worship is our weapon. Number four. Worship is our encounter. I was given a session on, in, on the word encounter to the Arizona team two weeks ago. And I was just doing the etymology of it that it means an in contra, counter, contra, like being in against, like, like a bear encounter, like you're going in, there's something against you that's disrupting your plans. And you, like, we think of encounter like, I want to encounter Jesus. We've encountered ministry in school, like that's all good. But like encounter also means like disruption. And we don't think about it that often, like that. But what, what did Jesus do in the Gospels? What did he come and do? Like, we got Zacchaeus is up, like, he just wanted to see. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm like, you're coming, I'm like in your house. You're going to be given all the money back, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, all, like, in four times, 4X, four you know. And, like, what the, the adulteress, what she, she thought she was going to get judgment, and, and Jesus encountered her with mercy, you know, like, the friends bring the paralytic through the roof. I love that. Like, we're whatever it takes. We're going through the roof. Like, and they go down, and they're looking for healing, and Jesus gives forgiveness. I mean, he's just, like, disrupting plans for lives. Like, disrupting. Like, we're going to, like, just mess stuff up. And who did he, he, he messed everybody's lives up, but it was the weak and the poor it was the weak and the poor who were ready for the encounter, for the disruption that, of their lives that Jesus wanted to bring. And brothers and sisters, when we come into worship as a people, we come ready for some disruption. And I want us to be ready for walls to come down and for plans to change and mentalities and dispositions to move. Like, is that what we're coming here with? Or are we coming here to check in and grind it out? Like, we need to be faithful but we need to be ready for the Lord to change us and to change plans and disrupt our lives a little bit. And when that happens, we don't know it's gonna, when it's going to happen, but we're here and we're ready when you want to disrupt plans, Lord. And we, I know you've all encountered the Lord before. I know your plans have been disrupted because you're here right now. And I want us to be ready for more disruption. Are you guys with me? Are you ready for a little disruption? From the Lord, you, you, are you? Are you? I don't know. Like, I, I, like, let's go. What else would we want? Lord, take us where you want to go. We were, we were praying at this prayer. We were at this just a regular gathering. Like, it was like a March gathering, you know? Like, it's cloudy in Columbus in March. It's like, are the people going to come because it's cloudy? You know, you're worried when it's sunny. Like, is everyone going to come? It's sunny. Like, is it, are people going to come because it's cloudy? They don't feel like, like, and, and we showed up, and we're worshiping, and there was a couple that wasn't there, and at the end of the gathering, um, Joe, this couple, Joe walks in the back, and he, he comes up to me in the front of the prayer, prayer meeting, right towards the end, and he's like, listen, he's like, my wife Amanda, she's 20 weeks pregnant, and she just, her uterus just ruptured, like, we're going to lose the baby. And we're like, all right, plan is disrupted. We are going to be praying right now, so everybody get around Joe. And we start praying over Joe, and the uterus goes back together. Like, it's like a miracle. Like, yeah. So then it's like 
three weeks later, it happens again. The doctor's like, what is happening? And then, it, and she goes on bed rest and lasts seven more weeks. Here's little Eloise, born at 30, no, that's not Eloise. <laughs> that's Eloise, look how little she is. Born at three weeks, a, a miracle, a miracle. Like the chances that the uterus would, would rupture twice and that she would make it from 20 weeks to 30 was just like, the doctor's like, this is crazy. We've never seen anything like this. Eloise, little miracle. This is seven years ago. Let's see what this is. Uh, <laughs> that's her on the left. That's Maggie's on the right. And Eloise, she's a miracle. She's perfect. You would never know she was even born premature. She's perfect. She's a miracle. God, will you disrupt our lives, and would you bring healing as we worship? Would you? And and it was just a march gathering, brothers and sisters. It was just a march. It wasn't like the conference. It wasn't this big retreat. It wasn't this big healing service. Like, let's be ready for God to encounter us. Okay, number five, and and worship team, you guys can start coming up because I'm wrapping up here. Um, just and there's 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 miracles. I mean, but there's also like my sister. The same thing happened with my sister and. She gave birth to the baby, and he died. Like, the miracle didn't happen. And then that happened three more times. She had three more babies in the next four years that died. And it's like, like there's miracles, and then there's just, Lord, what are you doing? But we still are going to worship you. We know you have a plan. And it's not going to end in death. It's going to end in hope, and it's going to lead us to you. And we want you to increase our faith, Lord. That's what happens when we worship. Number five, you guys still with me? One more. Can I throw one more pitch? One more pitch. Worship is our invitation. First Peter 2. Come to him. It's an invitation. Come to him. To that living stone rejected by men but in God's sight, chosen and precious. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. This points us back to that whole history of what God was doing. He wanted a holy nation. He wanted a, a kingdom of priests. He wanted a people set apart. And, and once we were no people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's the promise that we have here that starts with this come to him. That's the invitation. Come to me, the Lord says, and come to me as a people. Come to me and be living stones. To be yourselves built into a spiritual house. A wall. We heard about a wall being built up last night. And then now I'm talking about tearing down walls. So that walls could be rebuilt. So that we could be not our own, surrounded by our own walls. But that we could become part of a wall built on the cornerstone. Part of a wall of a temple. To be a place where God is glorified and magnified, where people see him glorified. I mean, we had a missionary. Her parents drove all the way from Texas to drop her off. They drove 24 straight hours, came to our staff picnic, and we just were together. And we just, like, I think we blessed the meal. Like, that's it. And they left, and they said, we're going to start going to Mass again because y'all, like, there was something there. 
Like, that's, that's what happens when we're a temple, that, like, people just start seeing the Lord and being like, yeah, I'm going to go start going back to Mass. Like, I need some more of whatever was there. Brothers and sisters, that's what we're called to be. We are called to be living stones, part of a temple that, where God can be glorified in our midst. But that means, it said, let yourselves be built. That means we don't get to choose. In community, in communal worship, we, we don't get to choose where we fit on the wall, brothers and sisters. We need to be receptive. And we need to be disrupted a little bit. Like, hey, I kind of wanted to be over there. No, Lord, Lord, you take me and put me where you want to put me. With the people that you want to put me. And I, I love covenant community because we don't choose each other. Like, God chooses us. And he chooses who he's going to add to our number. And brothers and sisters, that moves us. And that allows us to be living stones, to be built up as a spiritual temple for him. Brothers and sisters, do we, wanna, do we want that? Let's say yes. And as, as a people who worship, we like inspire each other and kind of unlock grace when we say yes. We had this worship conference, and um, the, I'm not making anything that I've said tonight, like even like the repentance part was not like a suggestion or anything. It just, and neither, um, just, just an example. But we, we just, this is not either, but we just put the microphone on the chair and said, Lord, would you move? And we just started worshiping. And, and, like, the spirit was moving, and, like, we didn't know what was going to happen to that microphone on the chair. And this guy, Brent, comes up, and he just picks up this microphone and just starts singing in the spirit this, like, trumpet of a voice that was, like, out of tune, and there was no good melody to it, and it was just ridiculously powerful. It was ridiculous. It just cut through our hearts because he stepped out. Boldly. He said, I want you to use me, Lord. I think you're calling me to go up here and sing. I've never done this before. And I'm going to sing out a song to you with this trumpet voice that just cut through the walls. And it cut through the walls of our heart. And it prepared us for what God wanted to do that night. And I want to invite you to step out boldly. Where is that for you? What is that trumpet call? What is that new song that God's asking you to sing? What is that offering that God's calling you to make, even if it's someone else's shoes? Like, if you've got them on, they're yours. You can offer those shoes tonight, okay? Um, God wants more from us, and I want to invite us to ask him, Lord, would you increase our faith? Would you increase our faith for what you want to do tonight? Would you increase our faith for what you want to do with this people this year? Lord, would you increase our faith as, as we worship? Would you make us a temple, a, a light to the city, a light to the nations? Would you make us a light for generations, Lord? We ask you to start that right now as we, we say yes to you, as we worship. Here we are, Lord. This is our purpose. This is our purpose, and we're going we're gonna to fight a little bit. We're going we're gonna to encounter you, and we're going to say yes to your invitation. Lord, would you come? Would you come, Lord?